0: Welcome to the Minerals and Royalties Podcast Philanthropy Series. We're giving in gratitude. Meet the Minerals and Royalty space. Hey guys, this is Tim Powell from the Minerals and Royalties Council. I recently sat down with Ben Samuels, CEO of Source Rock Midstream. During the episode, Ben and I walked through his journey in philanthropy. And one of the causes he's currently involved in called Sky High for Kids, which is a nonprofit focused on raising money to help fuel leading hospitals and research centers who are looking to help end childhood cancer. Let's jump into the episode and hear more of what Ben had to say. Ben, good to have you on. Good to see you. Appreciate you having me on. Appreciate you taking the time. Looking forward to the conversation today. No, you bet. So, we're doing this as part of the philanthropy series. And before we jump into that, just some context yourself kind of professionally. You're very much a a jack of all trades type of guy, if if I'm going to pin you correctly. And you run a a couple of podcasts as well, which we'll get into, but a little background for everyone, and then we'll jump in.
1: Yeah, absolutely. A little bit of a, of a renaissance man to a degree, a, entrepreneur. Uh, you know, so I was born and raised in Houston. Come from a pretty large family. Nuclear family is relatively small; only have one sister, but a pretty large extended family. And one of the patriarchs of my of my family really, you know, from almost birth. And one of my early memories is one of the things that he would talk about all the time was having a healthy balance between work, family, and charity being something that's incredibly important as a life value and something to to really model. So I was really fortunate to be born into that model and see that as an example across a number of people in my family. And it's something that I've sort of carried with me through to today. But uh, going back to the the background, so born and raised in Houston, went to undergrad in Boston, and then went uh, at Northeastern University, went to a small school in Colorado for professional land and resource management, which is sort of the direct tie-in to oil and gas, for a while, I'd been kind of figuring out what I wanted to do, you know, in terms of my strengths and my, my skill sets, things that I enjoyed. Always loved talking to people, being a connector, a networker. And so to your point, I, I do a number of different things these days. You know, I've been out in Midland now for about seven years total. Uh, started in the mineral space, ran a mineral fund for three years after going independent. And as of recent, have focused a lot more on the water and surface side of the oil field business, own and operate a couple thousand acres up in northeastern Martin County, and then have a number of other passion projects and other uh, business ventures across uh, crypto and blockchain, sports cards, real estate, number of other things. Uh, and, and like you mentioned briefly on the top of the show today, you know, I run a number of podcasts. I've got, uh, let's see... So I have the Why Drive podcast, which uh, Brittany Franklin with Sky High for Kids was the inaugural episode and that released a couple of weeks ago. And I know we're going to talk a little bit about Sky High today. And that podcast is really talking to people about you know the importance of knowing the why behind what you do and, and having really a passion for action, which, again, I think goes back to with charity. I mean, it really, to me, it, it means a lot not only to donate the time and effort and attention, but really to to donate those resources to a cause that really is impactful and, and personally meaningful. And, and so, and we'll get, again, I'd love to talk to you about why Sky High really is something that I've uh, gravitated towards over the last year and, and really why, you know, why it is so impactful. And then, you know, I'm also a capital, I'm a partner in a capital group out of Oklahoma city, and we focus more on debt equity swaps and some other financial and liquidity event type of transactions. But, uh, you know, Tim, I can never give a short intro these days, but that's that was my best effort on giving a, I don't, kind of a quick intro on who I am, who Ben is.
0: Yeah, no, I love it. I, I actually didn't know about a majority of those things. I know the mineral side and, and the water side in our past interactions, but no, interesting. Can't wait to grab a beer with you and just chop it up. I, I would like to put myself in the entrepreneurial category. I think I'm entrepreneurial, not an entrepreneur. Um, but it's, it's definitely something that gets the juices going for me. And yeah, I, I think it's exciting. You know, you'll, you'll appreciate this. So my kids are five and six and I've been wanting to do lemonade stands or, you know, the, the entrepreneurial side of me says, why do, why do the same that everyone else does instead of lemonade stands? I'm going to do homemade salsas because my wife's Mexican and we'll get my <laughs> daughter to dress up a little Mexican dress. She speaks both languages and she's so goddamn cute it's going to be a home run right I and then we'll that. we'll station it outside of a, a local mexican restaurant and we'll tell them all the proceeds are going to charity and then we'll we'll siphon their customers and then I'll I'll give her a whole you know business 101 on on running a business and all that and my wife's like you know don't get your your hopes up too high she's probably not going to be interested and we passed a lemonade stand in our neighborhood the other day and we pulled over and we just wanted the kids were you know super adorable and then my daughter's like papa do you think we can do one of these one day and i was like yes <laughs> the the dream is coming true but anyways um that's awesome. i love that hey guys i wanted to take a quick break from the conversation to let you know that the minerals and royalties council will be hosting our north am royalties assembly in houston on october 13th If you haven't already, be sure to visit our website and get registered so you can participate in the networking and discussions. On the evening of the event, we'll be hosting our inaugural Minerals and Royalties Awards Dinner, where we will be gathering 300 plus executives from the mineral space to give out six different awards in order to celebrate the many achievements from the last 18 to 24 months in the mineral space. If you're interested in getting signed up for both the conference and the awards dinner, then please message me at tim.powell at energycouncil.com or go ahead and visit our website by Googling Northam Royalties Assembly, and we'll hope to see you in October. So before we get off, off topic here, so let, let's tie it back. Really interesting, and I think that that's incredible that your family is what, the one who kind of put these you know philanthropic roots into your DNA. Do you have any stories about Mom, dad, grandparents, and what got them involved. There's always a story, from what I found. I think you can, in general, just be raised to, like you said, you know, giving back is important, and being a good person is important. And there's religious ties that oftentimes for people, but sometimes, and and the really powerful philanthropy comes from some sort of deep personal connection. What's what's the backstory for your family?
1: Yeah, that's a great lead-in. So um, on both sides of my family, um, mostly almost all the way up the uh, the family tree, um, Jewish. And and so I think that that sort of cultural background and those traditions really does have a a form, you know, has made a formative difference in sort of that development. I think through the perspective of, you know, the Jewish people speaking specifically about my family have a, I think have a more concentrated effort on helping the people that are in positions of, of need and putting themselves in positions of, you know, I I have, and now I'm in a position to give to the people that have not. My family has been in Houston, so on my dad's side of my family, I'm actually a ninth generation Texan, and so we've been in Texas since before it was actually even a I mean, so at the time when it was a country, so before it even was a state, we've been there. One of my ancestors back in the day was the first uh, Surgeon General of the uh, the country of Texas, so we've got you know a long lineage there. Um, and so to, to your point, to answer to your question, one of the first sort of one of the first stories that I remember hearing and something that really made an impact for me is in Houston during the and. I'm going to get the Tim. I'm going to uh, get the timeline wrong so don't quote me on these dates but during sure. the civil rights movement let's call it that my family was actually very instrumental in the integration of public schools you know some of the removal of and i'm sure this was across the country again I, my perspective is about Houston specifically, but across Houston, there were a number of HOAs and other housing developments that had restrictions and covenants that said, you know, Black people can't live here, et cetera. Uh, My family was also instrumental in getting a lot of that litigation removed from the books and and, and being sort of a a force through that. So my uncle, or I guess my great uncle by definition, a man named Victor Samuels, Vic Samuels, he uh, passed away actually last June. He was the patriarch that I was sort of um, talking about. And he, um, for those, that are maybe familiar, if you've moved like houses or apartments in the last six months or year, you know, in the last decade, you've probably used a a corrugated box, a cardboard box from the company that my uncle founded back in, I think this was like 1952. It became like the second largest corrugated box company. I think it was at the continent at the time when it got sold in 2015. So through through that, number one, like talking about the entrepreneurial efforts, building a business from literally nothing to, you know, that, that scale, but also, you know, having the, I was always very impressed as a kid. And I know this is a little bit longer answer than maybe you're, you were looking for, but I was always very impressed as a kid. And it was incredibly impactful for me. Anytime that I was over at his house on a Saturday, or we had Shabbat dinner on Friday night, he was always present. He was there, but at the same time, he was, you know, he was the CEO of a, national organization that was an incredibly high powered physician at the time he was also you know the chair of different foundations and doing other charitable efforts and and you know having that modeled from birth it's almost like I don't feel like I had a choice but to lean into that and and to gravitate towards that because I saw how impactful it was and like I said I mean something that, that I really gravitated towards is having that balance because Tim I think a lot of people, I don't know about you, but but I, I catch myself. I've become pretty good, I think, at catching myself. You know, at times someone asks you to do something or asks you to commit to something and sort of the gut reaction is, I don't have time for that. That's never actually true, right? You always mm-hmm. have time for the things that you want to make time for. It. The 100%. answer really is, I don't want to make time for that or no, I don't want to do that because I, I don't like getting anything out of it. But in terms of charity, I think really the, the lesson that I've taken away is it's not about do I have time to do these things? It's how do I want to interface with that? And, and how do I find my time being most impactful and most valuable for myself and for the people or the organization that I'm working with? Does that make sense?
0: No, it does. I think, you know, what I found in, in the philanthropy that Eric and I want to get involved in, we really crave the, the stuff that you can touch and feel because I think it's the, the people you surround yourself with through that journey and then seeing the impact you're making, you know, writing the check for something you'll that's so, so big and you never you don't really have direct connection with and everything is has not been the route we've gone down. It's, you know, I think at this stage, at least the mentoring, the, you know, the the close family friend or the small organization that, you know, does something related to a family event, if it's cancer or, or whatever, has kind of been where we've gone. But there's no right and wrong answer. Right. I mean. If education is your passion, if it's, you know, helping, you know, mentor kids, if it, you know, whatever it is, there's so many different flavors to it. That I think that's the one takeaway I made when I started digging into this. I mentioned offline to you, for me, you know, I had great family, great parents, but it was very much kind of a, you know, give back when you can be a good person type thing. And it wasn't these, these immediate, you know, philanthropic memories of, you know, us, doing foundation dinners or my parents sitting on boards. I mean, they were working and taking care of the family. But with Energy Council, when I started to spend time around the executives in our network, in particular, the people we were nominating for awards at our dinners, these are like Hall of Fame level folks that you know, are incredibly wealthy, incredibly successful. And then you can make whatever assumptions you want about someone who's making tens, hundreds of millions of dollars in net worth. God, they give so much. And I was like, wow, I'm blown away about what they do. And it's the same thing you said, right? It's like they're CEO of this company and they're doing this and that, but how are they on nine boards? How are they doing this? How are they doing that? And that just, you know, you got success leaves clues. So you, you want to be around these people, you want to you model them and, and that's when I realized philanthropy is not cutting a check. Philanthropy could be so many different things. And then from there, you find your own your own path, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, and this sounds somewhat callous, I guess, but I mean, money is cheap, right? Money's everywhere, and, and so anybody can write a check. But it's really, yeah, it's really about you know donating the time and the attention, um, and, and really you know to something that you're passionate about, which I think is the most impactful thing. Because to your point, I mean, there's so many. The other piece of that, I think, is that there's so many causes out there that, you know, if you're just looking to be altruistic and donate your money, you can kind of, you know, find a Facebook post and donate to, to that and, you know, find a GoFundMe and donate to that. But that's why it is impactful. And don't get me wrong. I mean, it definitely makes a difference. I think there's something to be said for sort of the organic passion and motivation behind, getting involved in a in a cause, you know, talking about Sky High for Kids. Sky High for Kids has a singular mission to end childhood cancer. One of the partners with Sky High for Kids is the St. Jude's Hospital, the Children's Hospital, which has been around since, I believe Brittany on, on the podcast that I had with her a couple of weeks ago, I believe she said since 1965. So about 55 years, give or take. And from, you know, during that time has taken the survival rate from 4% to 94% i heard
0: that when i was listening this morning that's incredible yeah
1: which is which is phenomenal and and if sky high for kids And organizations like that didn't exist in the space. So I think the childhood cancer is a very good example, and I hate using that word, but of what I'm talking about here in the sense that, and we talk about it on the podcast, um, but they're very simply, Tim, there's not nearly enough children with childhood cancer to make the big pharma companies have an incentive to build out drug programs that support getting, getting those kids healthy. And there's just not enough research being done, etc. And so, without organizations like Sky High for Kids that are having again singular mission towards ending childhood cancer, or ending or whatever the singular mission is, I, I think that that's really where the impact can come. Because you know, I think the other part of the conversation that I you know is a little bit kind of the underbelly of of the charity world is that a lot of these organizations they end up. know using a lot of the fun you know the dollars not to actually help the cause right it's to help pay salary or or do other things within the organization and i think that's the other thing if you're just writing a check you don't necessarily have any control or say in what your dollars are doing you're just writing the check but if you're if you're doing something with hands you know to your point hands-on getting involved doing something i think you have a lot more control and you know it's also a lot more it's a lot more fulfilling because you get to really see the impact and, and and
0: be you know kind of ingrained in that hey guys i wanted to take a quick break from the conversation to say thank you to opportune llp for sponsoring our minerals and royalties podcast. as a leading global energy business advisory firm opportune is well positioned to provide world-class technical financial and operational capabilities to minerals and royalties companies whether it's back office outsourcing resource and reserve definition land due diligence and administration gis mapping valuation work data and system integration financial reporting tax advisory or buy and sell side assistance opportune LLP has got you covered for more information please visit www.opportune.com i also want to say thank you to noble royalties who's been a leader in the minerals and royalty space since 1997. With the ever-changing landscape of the energy industry, Noble's team urges EMPs, mineral funds, and private families to rethink how they buy and sell their minerals. Noble's legacy and experience will assist in delivering effective solutions to EMPs and private owners alike on how to best maximize their mineral ownership in this ever-changing market. If you're interested in having a conversation about what might be the best solution for your company, fund, or family, then please reach out to Chase Morris at c.morris@nobleroyalties.com. at or Shannon Manor at smanor at nobleroyalties.com. Lastly, I'd like to take a moment to thank Enverus, a leading energy SaaS company that has software platforms designed to empower oil and gas companies through analytics and highly technical insights. MineralSoft is Enverus's mineral management platform that enables owners to capture missing revenue and maximize the value of their minerals portfolios. EnergyLink is Enverus's platform for automating joint venture and owner relations business processes. If you're interested in learning more about Enverus, MineralSoft, and EnergyLink, then please visit www.enverus.com or email adverse.com. Thanks. Now let's jump back into the episode. So a, a couple of things. One, how did you get involved for Sky High for Kids? And two, kind of going back into your entrepreneurial side, you had made a comment on, you know, money going towards salaries and everything versus the actual cause, where do you see the balance of running a charity like a business and investing into marketing and investing into things so that you increase the scale of fundraising, you bring in talented people versus trying to run it on a shoestring budget? Because that's a really interesting debate when you get into philanthropy. I think I was listening to a podcast a couple of years back and it was an economist that said, "You know, why is it fair to blame someone for being greedy or chasing money, let's just say they have a Harvard education and they could go and become a banker and make a half a million dollars a year, or they they take that same skill set and they make a hundred grand a year running a nonprofit. It makes more sense for them to make the half a million and then donate a hundred grand. <laughs> and there's, you know, tax purposes. And they said, that's wrong. You know, if you want to attract top talent and, and really build out, you know, nonprofit organizations, you have to, Compete and treat it like a real business. And you can, you know, the same thing with marketing, right? If you invest in fundraising events or different types of things, the ROI can be a, a, a greater, you know, gross dollar amount that gets raised. So we'll love your thoughts on that. I'm sure you, when you're involved, you, you have all sorts of ideas and have your finger in the pie, right?
1: Yeah. So in terms of the, you know, I think you make a great point. You know, the the cause or the organization certainly isn't served well by being under the radar, right? Part of the philanthropic efforts is getting attention, getting eyeballs to what you're talking about. And that obviously comes with a marketing budget. So where I'd focus or where I like to focus in that conversation is what is the split of funds coming in and how much, what percentage of that is allocated towards costs? And so with Sky High. I think we again, I think we talked about it on the podcast a little bit, but Sky High likes to be at a 85-15 or better split, which is fantastic kind of across the space, meaning that 85% of the money coming into the organization through donations and the and these events and auction items, etc., is allocated towards the commitments that they have with Texas Children's and St. Jude's and some others to build out these facilities and become part, you know, and, and solve the problem. The fifteen percent is for the events and for staff and etc. And so, you know, if you're if you're on the small scale, Tim, and you're you know you're running an event, you're making ten thousand dollars per event. That you know you're gonna to your point. That's really tough to run the organization, right? Because you're not making enough to, to do anything. If you know if you if you create organization that has enough scale, you know. So to kind of go the other direction, to kind of make, maybe this will codify the point better. I won't name who it is, but there's an organization that everybody is well, very well aware of. It's at the top of the list of sort of notoriety. And but unfortunately, they are also notorious for their split of this use towards cause and use towards fee structure is more 80-20 the other direction. So they're using 80% of their money towards funding salaries and, and building buildings for the organization and doing things internal. And they're using 20% of the money towards actually donating towards the cause. Mm. And so, and, and so, I think that's kind of the counterbalance because it can get like very out of whack the other way. And I apologize, I forget the first question that you asked me. Do you want to volley that one back on? That was the second part. Did you ask me a first question?
0: Yeah, I, I think if I remember correctly, <laughs> just kind of entrepreneurial fingerprints. Have you, in your involvement Sky for Kids or other organizations, that's your skill set, obviously. And you know, I, I think. In philanthropy too, if you're an accountant, if you're a lawyer, there's in-kind things you can contribute. For me, it's Mm -hmm. kind of the the business development, the marketing is kind of my forte and what I bring to the table. But what are some kind of stories of things you've done over the years and the impact you felt you've made?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. So the first really, you know, I think the first impact that I really felt like I made, I had done a number of, so when I was in middle school, I uh, volunteered at the Ronald McDonald House in Houston and and did some, uh, uh, so the Ronald McDonald House, for those that are not familiar, is a a, uh, organization that houses the families and sometimes the patients uh, of uh, kids going through treatment in a city that's not their own so that, you know, they have to stay somewhere else and they can't afford to stay in a hotel or a long-term living situation. Ronald McDonald House will put these, you know, the kids up and the families as well. I donated, uh, you know, some time every few weeks to, to that organization and went to the uh, the house and, and played with the kids. Did that through middle school and a little bit through high school. And while that was impactful, I, I wouldn't tell you that that really I don't know if it really meant something to me, or maybe I wasn't, you know, in the, in the headspace to really kind of understand, the, the, you know, what I was doing. But when I, after I was out of school in Colorado, I was living outside of Denver for a little while in Middleton, Colorado, and I got involved in an organization called Bright Beginnings. And Bright Beginnings was based in Colorado, and really the ethos behind the organization was that there, there's a lot of kids, or sorry, there's a lot of mothers uh, that have kids that are, you know, from birth, to 3 years old that maybe it's their first kid and they just don't have the support system to know, you know, what are the benchmarks of, you know, when should the kid be talking and when they, should they be walking and when should they be doing these things and if they're, you know, if they're falling behind, what can you what can you do to get there? And, and it was kind of a education program for early childhood and for mothers to help that development because the 0 to 3 age range is incredibly incredibly impactful and formative for for a kid. Uh, and so that was something that I, you know I initially volunteer through the website just to be someone that went on home visits and, and was, uh, you know, someone doing sort of the family planning portion of that and meeting with the mothers and having those conversations would have loved to do that. But after talking to uh, to the organization, or to the organizers a couple, of, a couple of times, it became very clear that they really, they needed a lot of help on more of the business development and strategic planning of the organization and kind of how to build out the programs and how to Going back to what I was saying before, how to get more eyeballs on what they were doing. And so quickly I transitioned to that role. Probably relatively unorthodox, but I you know my first kind of interface with the organization was taking a, a board seat and was sort of in charge of putting together, yeah, the plan of how to how to work with the hospitals and, and the other providers and network that we had and, and kind of do all of that. And so to your point, I think that's exactly right. I think really the way I look at it is it's not about what I want to do for the organization. It's not about like what I think would be cool. It's about you know what given my skill sets and given what I can do or what, you know, who I am, how can I be most impactful? And generally that's, you know, the kind of more of the, you know, the entrepreneurial stuff and the kind of the, the behind the scenes things that, you know, it's, it's interesting because to your point, I find it fascinating that a lot of times there is that sort of bifurcation between entrepreneurial drive and nonprofit world that you don't see a lot of intersection. And so a lot of times the nonprofit organization, you know, they're very mission driven, but not a lot of cohesion behind the message and, and the marketing sometimes uh, you know, need some help, et cetera. And so that's really you know, what, what I find to be really impactful. Now sky high is a little bit of a pivot from that because if anyone listening to this has ever met Britney Franklin, I mean, she is an absolute, powerhouse of energy and doesn't need any help like getting eyeballs right
0: what a great story by the way and how she got involved in it i mean that was really powerful
1: her story is is very emblematic of what you know what i'm sort of talking about today i mean you know for, for those that are not familiar I'll, I'll give the the short version she really is the embodiment of a story of she had a passion she had she, she had this in you know this internal calling to make a difference And then just leaned into it and figured it out along the way. I mean, the first event they held was not by happenstance, but came together just kind of as a mishmash of of different factors. They threw this event together. It went fantastically and then kind of was off to the races. I mean, Brittany on the podcast, you know, on the podcast with me, she talked about that she thought her path was like going to New York and being a lawyer and, you know, doing the corporate life and she went this direction and so i think she's a great example of someone that clearly could be successful she'd be successful in anything she does but if she went the entrepreneurial route and the that that example that you gave about making the half million versus the hundred i mean she if she went the the entrepreneurial route certainly would have made plenty of money but i think that you know she would tell you a million times out of a million that the impact that she's making on a daily basis doing what she's doing doesn't even come close even if the dollars were similar right
0: Hey guys, I wanted to take a quick break from the conversation to say thank you to Noble Royalties, who's been a leader in the minerals and royalty space since 1997. With the ever-changing landscape of the energy industry, Noble's team urges EMPs, mineral funds and private families to rethink how they buy and sell their minerals. Noble's legacy and experience will assist in delivering effective solutions to EMPs and private owners alike on how to best maximize their mineral ownership in this ever-changing market. If you're interested in having a conversation about what might be the best solution for your company, fund, or family, then please reach out to Chase Morris at cmorris at nobleroyalties.com or Shannon Manor at s.manner@nobleroyalties.com. at royalties.com. Need energy industry management experience at your fingertips? Opportune LLP, a leading global energy business advisory firm, has the capabilities needed to overcome your minerals and royalties team's technical, operational, and financial challenges. To learn more, search Opportune's podcast, E2B, Energy to Business, on Apple and Spotify podcasts, where Opportune examines emerging financial and technology trends and provides a broad perspective on ways to stay ahead, create opportunities, and execute market strategies. For more information, please visit www.opportune.com. Lastly, I'd like to take a moment to thank Enverus, a leading energy SaaS company that has software platforms designed to empower oil and gas companies through analytics and highly technical insights. MineralSoft is Enveris's mineral management platform that enables owners to capture missing revenue and maximize the value of their minerals portfolios. EnergyLink is Enveris's platform for automating joint venture and owner relations business processes. If you're interested in learning more about Enveris, Mineral Soft, and EnergyLink, then please visit www.enveris.com or email businessdevelopment at enveris.com. Thanks. Now let's jump back into the episode. No, no, for sure. I mean, the feeling that you you get that lights you up when you're doing something philanthropic, its uh, it doesn't match any other high in life, right? <laughs> I
1: remember what, you, yeah, and I remember now. You asked me how I got involved in Sky High.
0: That's right. And that, that's right.
1: yeah. And so, actually, that's a really simple story. I, I had been, I had been looking for what we're talking about. I had been looking for a cause that I didn't want to just put my my dollars behind, but wanted to become involved in. Wanted to become more part of the community. Um, had done some was uh, some work more so on the donation and kind of the philanthropic side with Rays of Hope here in Midland so and I was looking for for something else. And I think I came across a post from Nick Talent. So Nick and I have gone back gone back a long time and I, I either saw that I either saw that he was a committee member or something you know and I you know, I called him um, you know that day I was like, hey I'm looking for ways to become involved. Can we just grab lunch and you tell me a little bit about Sky High? And you know within a few minutes of him sort of talking about, Uh, you know, the passion that Brittany had and sort of the mission, you know, I I knew it was something I wanted to become involved in. So I've been on the the, uh, Permian Basin Committee for a little under a year now, I guess, this this event that we have coming up. So we have the uh, annual banquet for Sky High for Kids in the Permian Basin happening in Odessa, uh, September 17, 18, here in just a couple weeks. And I, uh, this is actually going to be the first Event that I'll be, or the first banquet that I'll be a part of, uh, was going to be great. And actually, going back to your point, one of the things that I'm going to be doing for the banquet is so we're talking about me having sort of a quasi podcast booth in the back to bring in people that are, you know, coming on stage and the guest of honor and and, and having some conversations at the event live on podcast. So, you know, going back to what, you know, what can I provide? What can I offer? That's something else that that I'm going to be pitching in on. So,
0: yeah, no, it's kind of funny. I just started this podcast last February. And a big podcast consumer, but never had done a podcast in my life and just had an idea to do something around minerals. I got to tell you, I absolutely love it. I've, I found a skill of mine just being a storyteller. And I kind of scratched that surface over the years, moderating stuff for Energy Council. And then when we did these Lifetime Achievement Award dinner tribute videos, I would do these hour long interviews of these people's lives and then we would cut it up into a 10 minute video. But it's been really, really cool. and And I, Actually, years ago, I started a, a nonprofit for young professionals that was called PYP. And the whole premise was to get people from my network to come in and talk about their philanthropy and really give guidance to young professionals who were had their interest beat. And we had Bobby Tudor and Chuck Davidson and Steve Trauber. I mean, we had some incredible people. But it was such a pain in the ass to organize these private events. And I would get law firms to host and it was all all great. Like mm-hmm. I would get 15 people, 20 people. And now it's, you know, I, I just realized what I really wanted to do was it was all messaging to kind of get more people involved. And that's perfect. The podcast is perfect for that. And so this is kind of my 2.0 iteration of that, but through a minerals lens. Right. But yeah, I think that that's a great idea. The whole idea is to get eyes on sky for kids and whether it's coming to that banquet or just the tentacles that kind of happened with just word of mouth that that's the key.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things that Nick told me at that breakfast that we had when, when he was telling about organization is the first time that he sort of, Knew it was the place for him. Or really, the first seminal moment for him uh, after becoming involved in the organization is that. And I'm not speaking from experience because, unfortunately, because of COVID, I wasn't able to do this because it didn't happen in 2020. But Sky High for Kids has a, a program where they go, you know, for different holidays or uh, whatnot. They'll get dressed up in costumes and go, you know, to uh, Texas Children's or St. Jude's and, and spend basically the entire day putting on like a big party for all the kids there and and kind of you know infusing that happiness and something that they don't get every day. And so that's something that I'm really looking forward to doing. Cause that to your going back to your point, that's something that I'll be able to really experience firsthand and, you know, carry with me for years going forward. And so I think that those are the really the, the kind of lasting impressions.
0: Yeah. Well, the thing that stuck out to me in your interview with Brittany is she said, you know, there could be a misconception from far that this is, it's kind of a sad thing and you're there to like give moral support. And she said, you know, I think it was a Mardi Gras party. She said, there's so much excitement and everyone's laughing and having fun. She said for that day, for that hour, they forget they're sick and man, that's gotta be an incredible energy. (laughs) So I, you know, I look forward to you doing that for the first time. I think that's going to be pretty, pretty awesome, but no, very good. Just kind of in closing here Ben, talk about the banquet in a little more detail. We'd love to try to help get the word out on this. Just, is it a clay shoot or it's a banquet? What is it exactly? But, kind of the levels what's the goal is there a target raise just this is your time to do a plug and and then hopefully we can get a few more folks involved
1: absolutely you put me on the spot if grace or Brittany watch this and i miss some of this i'm gonna get shit for it but we're gonna try so so it's uh september 17th and 18th in odessa the 17th is going to be uh, the the banquet and we're having it at uh you know bubba salisbury and the salisbury industries out here mm-hmm so we're having a Bubba's uh, Hangar, been very gracious enough to, uh, to donate uh, that space. If you haven't been out there, it's a site in and of itself. Got a nice plane there, got a, a car museum basically. But uh, so we're, we're gonna be having it at the hangar there. On the 17th, we're going to have the silent auction and dinner and there's a guest of honor and then on, on the 18th, you're right, it's going to be a clay shoot. So in terms of where we are in fundraising, we have actually sold out of the tables, which is fantastic. Uh, no more tables left. believe we do still have some individual tickets left. And so if you want to attend the event, you can definitely still join us. But, the, uh, but all the table sponsors are allocated. We have uh, a number of clay shoot teams still available. I think we have 15 some odd teams still available. And you can check out uh, skyhighforkids.org for more information on uh, the pricing point, uh, the price point, I don't want to quote that because I'm not exactly positive. Um, And there's also a number of, I believe there are a couple of cookout, well, also having a cook-off. I think there's a couple of cook-off teams still available as well. We're also actively looking for any donations or auction items that we can use in the silent auction. We are giving one of the silent auction items that was donated. And again, I, you know, my, I don't have my notes. I don't know who donated it, but uh, we, ha- we graciously got organization out here in Midland to donate a, and I don't know exactly what model it is, but it's one of those Polaris four-wheelers. This thing is beautiful. And we've got a number of other things on the docket as well. Could be a lot of fun you know even if you're not if you come out on the 18th and you're not looking to shoot and you just want to have a bunch of food we're gonna have food trucks out there we're gonna have food we're gonna have games come out enjoy it you don't have to be you know you don't have to be on the team or anything like that to come out and have a good time and yeah i think that that's it's about as good a promo i'm gonna be able to do tim
0: all right awesome well ben uh, listen i appreciate you coming on it's a different side of you that i didn't know and so uh i look forward to become coming closer friends and years to come and you're a good man and got a good heart obviously so thanks for everything you're doing and best of luck with everything for with sky high for tim,
1: re- tim i really appreciate you taking the time appreciate the, those compliments there and i think what you're doing here is fantastic well i would love yeah like you said I would love to grab a beer with you and get a little bit better connected offline but uh keep doing what you're doing and uh Maybe we can circle up on
0: the other one. You got it. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. I hope you enjoyed. Over the years, our team at the Minerals and Royalties Council has had the pleasure of witnessing our industry's incredible generosity and the impact that they've made on the communities they operate in. Therefore, we wanted to champion these individuals and companies and shine a light on the causes that they're so passionate about. If you're interested in sharing your philanthropic journey, then please contact me at tim.powell at energycouncil.com. In the meantime, please don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and be sure to share these episodes with anyone in your network that you think would enjoy. Thanks and see you next time.